Thank you, guys. Let's give them a round of applause. Good job, guys. Thank you. All right, if you guys, I am going to lead us in a world of prayer before I get started today. And uh, we've got a special treat today, though. Uh, we're going to have a, a panel discussion, and we're going to be talking about servanthood. So if everybody would just bow their head, um, I'm going to lead us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we uh, are so grateful and thankful for this day. We're thankful for this time of, of the year, this season that we're in, the, celebrating the birth of your son, Jesus. Lord, uh, he is so precious uh, to us, Lord, and, and we lift him up high today. Lord, uh, my prayer for today is that each and every Christ follower in this room uh, would be receptive to whatever you have for them. Lord, uh, we're talking about servanthood today, Lord, which is near and dear to your heart. It, it is commanded by you to be a servant. And Lord, uh, uh, my prayer is that each and every person in here would be receptive for what you have for them. In whatever season they're in in their life, that, that they would examine themselves, be open to what you have for them. That uh, perhaps they would be inspired by your spirit today um, and just be ready to uh, hit the ground running for 2022 we love you. We trust you with this message. Speak in and through me. Let it not be my words, but yours. In Jesus' name, amen. So good morning. Um, we're talking about servanthood today. And so um, I'm not talking all that much, to be honest with you. I'm going to talk for about five minutes, and then we're going to get into a, um, a panel discussion. Just before I get started on that, though, um, there's many of you that I talked to over the past month or so and uh, talked about possibly having you up here. Don't feel insulted if you're not up here today. I love you all. Um, it just conveniently worked out that the folks that are up here today are up here today. So don't feel insulted in any way, shape, or form. I love you all. You're all my best friends. So uh, uh, the, that's an inside joke, but we're, we're all good. So we're talking about servanthood today. I'm going to skip over this and get right into the scriptures. In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. Okay, got another one. Romans 12, 6 through 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophecy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is to serve others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Okay, so... This message today and this talk today is for everybody. So we have a, I want to be clear. If I don't want to come across like I'm chastising the church here, okay? Because we have a wonderful culture in our church of volunteers. I cannot thank the volunteers that are here day in, day out, week in, week out enough. Uh, so this is not coming down on, on the people that are serving here. That being said, I will tell you this, and we're going we're gonna to talk about this here in a minute. We do not have enough volunteers. 
The scriptures make that crystal clear as well. He talks about the harvest is full, but the laborers are few. And so I got to tell you, in a church our size, there's a lot of you that aren't serving. Or maybe you're not serving where you're supposed to be serving. Or maybe there's certain excuses or you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing. And we're going to talk about all of that today. So one of the biggest objections we get to people that are hesitant to serve is they say, man, I don't know what my gifts are. There's a thousand tools out there and any one of the elders or leaders can help you um, walk through different exercises and tools to kind of figure out what you're good at or where you want to serve. But that being said, don't let that be a stumbling block. Just start serving somewhere. Uh, There's a thousand places, we're going to talk about that more here in a little bit, that you could just start serving. And a lot of times, guys, if you just start serving, you'll sort of figure out what God's really wired you up for. And so we're going to talk about all that today. I can't wait for our panel discussion. Um, We've got guys and and gals that are um, from different seasons in life, and so um, we're going to talk about um, their walk and serving and so forth. So the scriptures tell us that the laborers are few and the harvest is huge. We talked about that in Matthew 9, 37. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. I believe, guys, 2022 and beyond, God's trying to do a big work right here in this community. Not everybody lives here, but we have a lot of wonderful people that are coming into this place. And and we've talked before, like we're a battleship and and we're moving, okay? Well, we have empty spots. We have empty gun turrets that aren't being manned right now. We have... We have empty cooking uh, locations or whatever, or or leadership positions that just aren't being filled right now, and they're there for the taking. We have a process for that. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you say, I want to go lead the church, and we're just going to let you go lead the church. But that being said, we need your help. I don't need your help. Chuck doesn't need your help. Parker doesn't need your help. God wants you to help. I'll say it that way. We're commanded to do so, and we're going to talk about that. So 22 is here. It's time to get on board and start serving, whether it be here or if you're visiting here from another church, maybe you're a college kid, got a couple of them up here, clay dogs over there, there's several kids here, I think Davis and Jillian are are back there, they're at a different church, Um, wherever you're at, let's make sure that we're serving in the way that God wants you to for 2022, Galatians 5.13 says, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Pause button. I'm not telling you that if you're not serving that you're sinning. But read this. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. That's what the scripture's saying. So I'm not saying it. I'm just saying today, we're getting ready for 22. Let that marinate in your mind. I mean, I don't know where you're at personally or whatever. But think about that. If you're on the sidelines and you've never served, you're a cross follower, you're a member of a church. If you're just a cross follower and you're not a member of a church, where are you serving and who are you serving? This verse, man, this, honestly, I've read this verse before, but it it didn't hit me until I was studying for this. I thought, wow, that's okay. I mean, that's, that's tough to swallow. So... We're going to get started with our panel discussion. Panel people, come on up. Got David, Parker, Ashley, Bob, Josh. Um, yeah, we'll see. Here we go. Okay, guys, so we're about to get started. Um, 
this is going to be fun. All of you guys are my best friends. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, again, that's an inside joke. I'll save that for another day. It's, it's funny. Um, we're gonna, the reason I asked this group of people, this, the, the diverse group of people up here, is everybody's in sort of a different season of life. Um, all of these people, including my daughter, um, are what I would call rock star servants, and uh, I, I think very highly of them and um, just the work they've done for the church, and I think highly of them as a person and, and as family people. And so thank you guys for being here today. Um, I thought the Bridge Fellowship Church and others um, would benefit very well by hearing kind of your walk and as we sort of unpack this. So thanks for being here today. Appreciate that. And uh, before we get started um, in the conversation about serving, let's, let's get a little background real quick on um, kind of your walk in general. So, um, and if I cut anybody off today, it's just so that I can keep us moving. So uh, don't be offended. We'll start with David and we'll just kind of work our way down. David? So, so what are you asking? Like what my position is? What, how I serve? Or? Yeah, tell us who you are. Um, oh, yeah, tell well, us okay, who you yeah. are, your family, all that stuff. My name is David. I actually am the pastor here. So if you haven't been here before, I'm the pastor. And, and uh, Jeff is one of our elders. He's over students there. He'll tell you that in just a moment. So my wife, Melissa, and we have five children, five grandchildren, four children, five grandchildren. And I have been a pastor for 20 years and um, pretty much started serving in the church when I was 21 years old. So that's 35 years of service in the church. Awesome. Parker. Uh, hi, I'm Parker Stringer. I'm the youth director of this church. I've been doing that for uh, almost four years now. Um, what was the rest of the question? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm married. Uh, my wife, Nikki, she's teaching uh, the, the kids over right now. We have two little girls, Erin uh, and Ileana, that are both here. Uh, I've been serving, I, I guess, in ministry for seven years, eight years, something like that. Yeah, it's been a yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. Mostly barefooted. Mostly barefooted. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <Here> you go. <laughs> Thanks, Parker. I'm Bob Reese. Uh, my wife, uh, Connie, is not here today, but we've been married 50 years, have nine children, 23 grandchildren, and uh, ministry background is uh, I was a deacon at uh, Believer Chapel in Dallas uh, for close to 20 years. I was involved in that church, uh, and it was an elder-led church with uh, elders being spiritual authority and deacons being servants, basically, of uh, taking care of administrative matters. I did grounds maintenance on a team with Lakeside Baptist when we moved to the Canton area. Did that for a number of years with under uh, Brother Mark and his teaching. And then I was an elder at uh, Martins Mill Bible Fellowship, sweetly called the Barn Church at our ranch down here for a few years. And then uh, currently, I uh, do open group uh, leader of the marriage ministry that meets on Monday nights and uh, involved with the safety and security team here with a bunch of other great folks. Uh, and long time done financial support to ministries for those who are gifted where I'm not. Awesome. Awesome. I guess I'll, I'll go and then you guys. So Jeff Reiser, as David said, elder over kindergarten through 12th grade ministries and and um, uh, work with Sean Parker on uh, the tech and and uh, media department. Um, I, uh, I'm married to Christy Reiser and um, my daughter Ashley, Zach, and Nate's back there in the, in the booth, um, I believe. Um, 
been uh, been going to fel- uh, Bridge Fellowship Church. Uh, what seven years? Seven years, I believe. Yeah, if you've been serving for seven, it's been seven years. And then, yeah, and then prior to that, uh, my wife and family and I we uh, went to Fellowship uh, Church in Grapevine, Texas, underneath Ed Young. Uh, we served there for fifteen years, and pretty much from the start in their kids ministry, and then uh, just kind of were immersed in that. We loved it, and um, so yeah, that's that's my experience. Ashley Riser, this is my dad, obviously, and then my family right there in the front. Um, I've been serving as a youth worship leader for about seven years now. So, yeah. My name is Josh. I lead worship here. My uh, wife is over there, Hannah, and we've been married eight years tomorrow. Uh, so, All right. Thank you. Uh, I wouldn't believe it if I didn't see the six-year-old son that we have in person. It's flown by, but um, I've been serving at the bridge, I guess, about nine years long time then um, because when I first started we weren't married just yet Um, but I started serving in some capacity leading worship way back in 2005 as a senior in high school kind of out of necessity Um, always enjoyed singing in fact my mom is here which I didn't know she was gonna come but she instilled a love for singing in me from a very early age so I was always in youth children's choirs and, and things like that so that's kind of my ministry experience. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Big question of the day. How did you know you were called to serve in the area that you serve in? I suppose we don't have to go in order, but I do want to get everybody to sort of weigh in on that. Uh, Yeah, Um, let's do it. I kind of mentioned it. It was really out of necessity at the time. Um, few folks were wanting to start the bridge and they needed somebody to lead the music and I was chasing my wife and uh, thought I thought volunteering for that role would be a good a good way to get in and God had bigger plans for that of course Um, but that was it was kind of out of necessity and I've not always felt like I was the best singer. I know I'm not the best singer. You guys put up with a lot. Um, but it wasn't necessarily because I, w- I thought I was the best singer that I, I joined in. It was because I, I had a love for singing to the Lord and leading in worship. And there was a need. And, and I, I jumped in and, and got plugged in. So. I love that. Okay, I guess I'll go next. Um. I'm going to be honest, I didn't really want to. Now I was young, in like elementary school, and my parents kind of forced me to, but um, I became, well, I learned to love it. I didn't love it at first. It was the dread of my week to do it on Wednesday nights, but I came to love it, and I've loved doing it for the past few years. It's been amazing. It's been a great journey. Yes, I was nervous, like panic attacks, nervous, and I hated it. But because I love God and I love Jesus, I chose to push through that. Was it was it hard? It was very hard. I would cry all the time. (laughs) She did. (laughs) Yeah, they can attest. They know. Um, Okay, so for me, um, as I mentioned, my wife and I, when when we were at Fellowship Church, um, they had a culture very, very similar to ours where um, it was kind of volunteer-led, if you will, where um, the staff was, the rate, I forget, it was crazy how small the staff was and how many volunteers there were. 
And so very similar to that. We came on, um, we started off in like the preschool, and I'm probably going to mess this up, but the preschool department, and they had mentioned to us, um, hey, you know, because they had two services. And so they said, hey, you know, I, most people kind of do once a month or whatever. And my wife and I were like, why would we do that? We can go to this other service and just do it every week. And so we loved it. That's kind of what we did. And we started off young and then I mean, those little kids wear you out. And I, I, told, I told our director, I said, well, you got to get us to an older age group. And so we started doing that, and that was fun. We did that for several years, and then um, we met, like, who would be Laura Tucker at the time. She said, Jeff, because uh, I was running media, she said, because it was behind the scenes, I was cool with that. She said, Jeff, you're, you're going to start teaching on stage. I said, I'm not teaching on stage. I was kind of like her. I was like, I'm not doing that. She goes, no, you're funny. You'll be fine. And, and uh, they started to send me a script. And, it, man, it took, I don't know, a year for me to even get remotely comfortable doing it. Um, and I was scared and nervous and, I mean, probably messed it up every single time. But God ironed that out for me. And, um, but then I began to love it. And, uh, and that's kind of where – and then we kind of – by default, just sticking around. We learned how to be leaders and things like that. So that was where it all started for me. Yeah. So I'd say for me, uh, it started with just an interest um, at Believer's Chapel in Dallas. Um, very strong Bible teaching, and they had an audio cassette ministry. Now, I know that dates me a little bit. <laughs> they had an audio cassette ministry. Uh, but I've been kind of a techie guy all my life. And I felt like uh, the future was video. And so, as was the typical fashion by the elders at Believer's Chapel, if you had a thought, an idea for something, they didn't create it. They gave you the opportunity to do it. I'm going to talk about that later, too. <laughs> and so, uh, I was part of a few guys that started a video ministry in uh, the high-tech world of VHS, uh, which is not fun to try to edit or do anything with, but that's, that's where it started. Um, and it grew from there. And I'd say because of the teaching that we were under at the time, and we've seen here with, with David and the elders here, um, that our gifting um, is to be used. It's not to be hidden. It's to be used. Um, and each of us are a literal part of the body of Christ. And without each part, it doesn't function fully to the way it can most glorify him. And so I, I you know, was very convicted about uh, serving as a result and particularly got involved in some family ministry things too because believed that the, um, the heart of a church is the family units they, because Christ gave us the picture of himself and the church and in the family. And so uh, family ministry became real important as an area to serve. And then here now at the bridge, the physical protection of the body with safety and security team, I believe complements um, in a small way the very important spiritual protection that the elders provide through the teaching and accuracy of the word. Awesome, Bob. Thank you. Um, yeah. So how do you know that you were called in the area you served in now? Um, I've known since I wouldn't I guess I wouldn't say no. I was called into the, to serve and to teach uh, in that building over there when I was 18, believe it or not. 
<laughs> I didn't realize it at the time, but that's a longer story for later. Um, I guess part of my testimony, but yeah. I, I knew I was called when, when you called me. <laughs> so, and you asked like, hey, do you want to serve with the, the youth? And, and That's what they did to me at Fellowship Church. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure. And I, I just, I'm, I'm that kind of personality where I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. But Parker, <laughs> I mean, on a serious note, it was, it was that simple. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he had the attitude of, man, I'm here. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this dude, um, it, I want to be clear. We have wonderful servants here, but this dude was, every time I turned around, he was there. Like every time I turned around, that was before he was on staff. And uh, it, it was special. He was just, he was there to, to, to be used. So. I don't know if, if I was going to answer this in a different way, but the day that you asked me to be the youth director, you, you gave me a call. And, and what Jeff said is he gave me, called me and he said, um, Hey, I need to talk to you. Can we do it in person? I actually thought that you were going to ask to ask me to leave the ministry at that point <laughs> when you asked me to be the youth director. So I was like, man, maybe I messed up. Like, whatever. I'm going to trust my elders. But <laughs> so I'm not sure what to think about that. But let's move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but but really, yeah. just through that and, and being willing to serve um, in whatever small way that I could, God has slowly built me up. Um, and, and so speaking into what you said earlier with the giftings, like I, yeah. I never had the gifting to, to speak or to, t- to teach or anything else, but um, God has given me that over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, sure. and I'm thankful for the opportunity yeah. and leadership to, You've done, uh, yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah so um, I was in a small Baptist church back when I was 21 years old. And when you're in a small church, um, if you're there like three times a, a month, they're going to put you to work. And so that's what they did. They put me to work and started teaching Sunday school, youth Sunday school. And so I did that for five years and moved to a little bit larger church in my hometown. And um, I was working in a warehouse by myself and I would listen to a preacher's every morning. I would listen to probably first all the way to lunch. I would listen to people like David Jeremiah and Chuck Swindoll on and on and on every single morning. And as I was doing this, as I was working, I would start taking notes and then I noticed that those notes were turning into sermons. And I kept wondering, why on earth am I writing sermons? And I just kept praying about it and kept praying about it. And finally, the impression that I got was is that I'd been called to preach. And I had a desire to preach, much more of a desire to preach than people had to listen to me preach. And so I just I, I told my church leaders and started preaching. And next thing I know, uh, another little Baptist church called me to be their pastor. I was 26 years old, had no ideal what I was doing and bless their hearts they hired me and I started preaching three sermons a week that were terrible and horrible and they loved me through it and you know here I am um, 20 years being a pastor 20 years of this later and you know um, if you remember I tried to talk you out of you taking this job and so I remember it too and I was like stop doing that yeah (laughs) And, and the reason being is because um, the spiritual warfare aspect of what, and I knew if I could talk him out of this, that he would never make it. And I tried my hardest. I was hard on you. Yeah. I was. I've given the same advice, believe it or not. I've given the same advice, believe it or not, to other yeah. people. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, because, you know, and, and that's one thing I would say about being called Jeff is that with everybody who's came on staff since I've been here, I've been here for four years. Everything, everybody's came on staff. I talked to them about the spiritual warfare aspect. The more that you serve, the more that you rise up into a leadership position, the more of a target you become for the enemy. 
Yeah. And sometimes the enemy will let you coast right along and get and do real good, and boy, just pull the ladder right out from under you. And so to that, that's why, you know, in all seriousness, that's why uh, everybody who takes on a position, especially a staff position, we come at them hard to help them understand the spiritual warfare aspect that they're moving into. And so with servanthood, we don't want to get up here and paint a picture like, oh, you come and serve the church. You're going to be serving. Everything's going to be rosy and great, and you're going to have a wonderful life. You know, it's, it's quite the opposite. When you choose to serve, then realize this. There is a spiritual warfare aspect that's going to be involved in this. Yeah, I was going to say, staff, sure, it's amplified, but even, even if you're stepping up to serve in the nursery, I mean, when you take that step in, of obedience to, to follow your calling or to serve, uh, you're being obedient to God. He's going to attack you. There's no question. Good stuff. Thank you, David. So um, I guess a question to piggyback on, on what we just answered is how um, some of you guys sort of articulated this a little bit, but from the beginning to where you're at now, how has, how has it changed for you? We don't have to go. I mean, whatever order is fine. I, I, since I'm talking, I'll go ahead and yeah, sure. just, just for a minute. Um, so in the very beginning, that, that not understanding spiritual warfare. So what happened is that how it's really changed for me is the prayer aspect of it. The most important thing that I do in serving the Lord is pray for you. It's not that I prepare to preach. It's not that I, pre I preach whatever. The most important thing is a spiritual aspect that happens when you come to church. So in serving, what I've learned is... It's not that I come and preach a good sermon on Sunday morning for you. It's not even that I study real hard before I come in, and, but it's that I pray real hard. The harder I pray for you, the harder I pray for myself, then the more the Holy Spirit gets involved in this. Because it's not an intellectual exercise we're trying to get into on her Sunday morning. This is a spiritual. And no one, no one intellectually can do anything spiritually. It has to be the Holy Spirit that does that. So here's what I would say, too. Whatever area of ministry that you feel that you need to be serving... Here's what I can tell you. Your effectiveness is going to be based on your prayer life. That's good. Do I have to follow that up? <laughs> um, it, it's, it's changed a lot. God has thrown, uh, grown me and thrown me around um, so much within this. I mean, when I, when I started, I never thought about ministry before. I never considered youth ministry. Um, never knew how hard it would be. Mm -hmm. um, but in that time, I mean, he's, he's taught me to teach. He's taught me to study the Word of God and, and, and how to teach that, um, how to pray and, and the effectiveness and the non-effectiveness when you don't, um, the spiritual warfare that, that you've talked about. Um, and, and so just, just the weight of it and the breadth of, of what it is to be in ministry. And it's not just to, to help just for the sake of helping, but it's, it's an eternal just the realization that it's an eternal thing that you're mm -hmm. working towards. Mm -hmm. That's a good part. Uh, I'd say um, one of the things for me that's changed over the years is, is just having a greater appreciation for the need to serve and also recognizing the gifts and talents of others you're serving with. Recognizing that some are going to have some, some gifts and talents that are going to um, exceed your own and not to be um, threatened or upset about that, but rather to recognize, hey, how can we work together utilizing that person's incredibly better talents than my own and gifts, and then, you know, how can I serve with them in a really positive way? 
That's great, Bob. I think for me, um, I've, I've learned their seasons. Um, I didn't always know it before, um, but I'm, le- I'm learning that there, there are seasons and there's a right time to serve in, the, in different ways. Um, and again, it's, it's who God's putting around you too, who's part of the team, if you will. Um, there may be a better quarterback than me, and maybe that means that I need to play tight end or whatever. Um, and so learning, learning that's been uh, cool. Uh, it's, it's been fun to, to learn that. I think that's one of my biggest things that I'm realizing now. Um, the spiritual warfare aspect that people don't typically talk about was what was going on with me at the beginning of my journey. I didn't want to, and I was having panic attacks, and that was the devil. That was the spiritual warfare trying to divert me on what God was calling me to do. And as the years have gone on, I've learned how to push through that. I've learned that loving God is more important than how I feel and about my comfort zone. Just getting outside of that and looking at the bigger picture has been the biggest change in my servant journey. Jeff, I liked what you said about seasons and to piggyback on that. I think I would add that anybody who is serving is going to have seasons where they want to and don't want to, where they find it difficult and they find it easy. And I've definitely had that over the years. And I think the biggest thing is that throughout those seasons, it's good to kind of come back to that, that anchor of why am I serving? And ultimately the reason is because God has given us um, so much to be grateful for and so much to turn back around to him in worship and not just worship by singing, which is what it is in my case, but worship through pouring into kids and teaching them or, or pouring into youth and teaching them, whatever it might be, helping in the parking lot. It's all, it can be an act of worship. And we have so much to be grateful for to God, yeah. no matter what kind of season we're in, whether it feels difficult. And there also might be seasons where you don't have a lot of bandwidth, to use yeah. a, a Jeff term. Um, and it might be okay to take some time off from serving and and maybe pour into your family more or take some personal time and, and get mentally healthy, whatever it, whatever it looks like. Yeah, there there sure. could be a season where it's not in the best interest to serve yeah. because you don't have the bandwidth, and, and that's okay. Yep, I agree. Good stuff, Josh. Thank you. Did you have any mentors, leaders, or people that inspired you um, to serve? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit, but let's go ahead and... Yeah. I grew up in a, in a church that I had fantastic uh, servants and, and servant leaders um, in things like Sunday school. You know, it was a traditional Baptist church, but my Sunday school teachers were a, a huge um, encouragement and inspiration and mentors to me, as well as, you know, youth workers and, mm-hmm. and youth directors. But there's no telling um, kind of the direction that I would have taken. You know, I had a great family that was, was leading in, in a godly way, but if it weren't for those people serving, especially in my youth years, yeah. there's no telling, you know, what path I might have, I might have taken. Um, but having those, um, especially godly men who set a, set a good example and, and encouraged a week in and week out was just huge. Um, so it's, it's so important. Yeah. Um, let's see. Hillsong worship has been some of my inspiration for songs actually both the songs I sang this morning were done by them so there's some inspiration and then mentors and leaders have actually been my dad and Josh so yeah what about BJ and 
Beej, I guess. Where's BJ? There he is back there. BJ, she just couldn't see you, BJ. Yeah. He's been actually an amazing mentor to me over yeah. there. We work together a lot on um, planning and doing the student worship over there. So it's been awesome working with him, too. That's good. I don't need a mic. I'm good. Um, yeah, so um, too many to count, probably. Uh, you know, I think it's important. Ashley mentioned a couple of groups that she likes to listen to. Um, I think... Again, if you're into teaching or you're into singing, I think it's good to have some maybe some people that you look up to that you like to like David mentioned a couple of pastors that he liked to listen to hear them preach and pour it in them. I know Parker listens to a lot of guys. Um, I, one of my favorites, um, uh, I got a couple is uh, Craig Rochelle from Life Church. I like listening to him. Um, the former uh, kids pastor at Fellowship Church was uh, Mike Johnson. He's a phenomenal communicator. We actually use their um, their curriculum for our our kids program now so really loved listening to him um ed young um my pastor for 15 years um still think the world of him and and uh, i love the way he communicates um I, it's just relevant and funny and he talks about christ throughout the whole thing so i love listening to what he has to say and honestly just um a lot of you guys that are here uh, influence me and inspire me. My elders, uh, the the group of them, guys like Bob Reese, Parker. Um, I mean, I Josh, uh, you, you've been a good influence to me as well. And so um, just surrounding yourself with the right people, um, I believe, is, is really important. And, and it creates a culture of iron sharpens iron. And um, my family's been inspiring to me, my wife, um, Matt Parker, see you back there. Uh, he's always been a huge inspiration. He's like a biblical superhero back there with a little cape on flying around. Um, he's, he's a cool dude and, and just full of biblical knowledge. He's, he's been a good influence to me as well. So for me, uh, the elders at Believer's Chapel were a huge influence, uh, very godly men. And I had the blessing of being able to sit in on some of their elder meetings there and watch the dynamic between them in dealing with really tough issues in the, in the body. And uh, I just developed a, you know, a great respect uh, for them in seeing their, their home life, their life you know, in the church body and in those meetings and so on. So they were a tremendous uh, influence as, as mentors to me. And one of the elders' son-in-law, a guy named Gerald Chester, uh, became a very good friend, and he was on the advisory board of, of several companies that I was involved in uh, with me, and he was a great mentor business-wise, but also a very strong believer. And to this day, he's, he's now, I guess, in his mid-70s, but he has a ministry, I think it's called Strategic Life Partnership, but it... It uh, incorporates biblical principles into the workplace. Mm. He's uh, in, the, in the Dallas area, and he, he's been a tremendous influence. And then my brother-in-law, Dan Daniels. <laughs> well, Matt's smiling back there. Dan, um, some of you all know Dan, some of you don't. Dan doesn't mince words. He's a straight shooter. He's very intense. He knows God's word very thoroughly. We don't always agree on certain theology, but I love him. Uh, he's Connie's uh, sister's husband. He was an elder at our uh, barn church, and he was an elder at Martins Mill Baptist uh, before it uh, became part of the bridge. Um, and 
he was a straight shooter with me. He, he held me accountable on some things and really kind of helped me. And going back to Believer's Chapel, um, one of the things that they had there that one of the elders was involved in was uh, going to Union Gospel Mission down in downtown Dallas for homeless. And we'd go down there, a group of folks would go down there, and we would uh, serve, um, but they couldn't get their food until they heard some songs in, in the gospel message. And through that experience and that camaraderie built with some of those men and with that elder in particular, um, I came to recognize the importance of serving and of also giving. Because although my gifting wasn't doing that regularly, there were people who did and they needed financial support and I was blessed to be able to, to do that. Nice. I'm going to answer it quickly. Um, <laughs> sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Um, the elders uh, have done a, a wonderful job just uh, mentoring me and allowing me to, to grow um, and, and just giving me more and more responsibilities and, and everything else. And so y'all have done a wonderful job at that. David, you've been a wonderful um, spiritual mentor and guide, and so I thank you for that. Um, in, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that was that was good too. Um, <laughs> two uh, inspirational things. Um, speaking of pastors that I, I like to listen to, uh, Tim Mackey. Um, I don't think he's a pastor anymore, but he is an awesome theologian guy. Um, so a, a lot of just my ideas about the Bible come from him in a general direction. Um, just love just his teachings. And, and for me, one of the biggest inspirations is um, Paul, of course Jesus, but Paul and the early church. And just, I know when I start getting down to the dumps and focusing on myself and then just kind of reminding myself how the early church grew and the suffering, the persecution that they went through, and then all of a sudden my problems and issues, they, they're, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, I wish that I had some great answer on the whole mentors. I could tell you some great guys and everything, but I, I don't. Um, but I can tell you this, as far as inspiration is concerned, I know this is going to sound really cheesy coming from the pastor, but what really inspires me is when I see people in the church growing, when I see growth, when I see people pushing through hard spots, when I see them when they should be quitting, continuing, or going somewhere else, continuing. Man, that's inspiring to me more than anything else or any to put any person up on a platform <laughs> is I would say that people just like you and to see you growing, that's what's inspiring to me. Awesome. So has anybody ever felt like quitting, giving up, turning it in, mailing it in, just calling it quits? I'll just say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, no, really. Um, I, I mean, outside of his explanation, like, I'm, I'm here because God has called me to be here. And I mentioned it earlier. It's part of my testimony. If you want to hear it later, that, that's fine. But I, I've known that I would be teaching over there on that stage since I was 18. God has told me that. Um, and, and so I know that I'm here. But at the same time, I mean, youth ministry can be brutal. I mean, you're, you're speaking and putting hours and hours and hours um, into a, a group of kids that a half to three quarter of, a quarters of them don't care falling asleep while you're talking to them and everything else like it, it can be hard and it's hard to pour into to somebody and, and you know the path they're going on and you're pouring and you're pouring and you're pouring in and then they just go into left field and you see the pain and everything else that, that they go through and so it, it can be hard and there have been times where 
once again, when I focus on myself or my own ability or my own mm -hmm. mistakes and everything else that, yeah, I do feel like quitting, but I have to remind myself that I'm not here for me and I'm not here just to serve for me. I'm here because of, of what Jesus has done for me and my love for him. And it's, it's that that pushes me through any hard time. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd say um, yes. <laughs> and it's usually, it's usually Satan's effort to cause discontent and um, division. And um, it happens because we're human beings. We, we have sin within us. Satan is very aggressive. He uh, tempted Christ and then left for a more opportune time. Mm -hmm. Y'all probably are tired of hearing me say that because I say it a lot. But if he did it to Christ, he's doing it to us constantly. He can study us, and he knows our weaknesses. So I have to caution myself against um, pride and look at purpose and just recognize what Satan's trying to do. And uh, kind of over the years, I've developed a thing of patience, perseverance, and prayer as the ways, ways to kind of fight the battle in, in regard to this. And so, yes, I felt like quitting. And I usually haven't. <laughs> Did you guys have anything? No. I was just saying yes, there has been. Um, the important thing, and I, th and I think I said earlier, it's okay if there's a season where you, you quit serving. But the, the important thing is that once you get that bandwidth back or you, your mental health you know, gets, gets better or, or you're just not in such a busy season that you come back because there is a need in the yeah. church, just as, as Jeff has been talking about. The, the harvest um, is plentiful, but the labors are few. And so it's important to, if you do quit, you know, for a season to come back and, yeah. to, and to get back to serving um, for your own spiritual growth sure. as well as because the church needs you. So. Yeah. And, and two, and I think where Josh is going with this, we all have life events that occur. We have seasons in our life. Maybe we're having kids or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it looks different how you serve too. Maybe, maybe it's instead of being here every week, you're, you're here on a quarterly basis for a big event or whatever, you, you kind of shift gears momentarily until you get your feet back under you. But I think it's, in that scenario, it's more of a heart issue, right? It's like, okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm shifting gears. I'm not quitting, right? Um, so yeah, that's good stuff, Josh. Thank you. Did you have anything? No? Okay, good. I've never wanted to quit. I'm better off than you guys are, so... <laughs> I've wanted to quit many a times. Um, um, I mean, being, being in ministry, um, and, and that's something I had to learn too, is just because you're not paid. And I've actually been on paid staff at a, at a church too, Fellowship Church, for a while. Um, we were, we were uh, paid. I was paid. Um, that's a different discussion. But uh, I had to realize, we talk about this in student ministry all the time, that if you're a, if you're a Christ follower, you're in the ministry. And it's just, it's, it's are you actually uh, going to engage that? And, and so once you engage ministry and you're dealing with people, people are sinful. And it doesn't matter if you're in the church or out of the church, you're going to run into to fallen people. And, and honestly, if it weren't for people, all of this would be easy, right? Uh, so, um, you know, it's... it's um, it's not always easy. 
It's about perseverance. It's about being obedient. It's not about me. Um, and usually, if there's a problem, at least part of the time, it's maybe because I'm in the way. And so, um, always learning what that means in the situation is, am I causing the issue? Do I need to get out of the way? Um, I, I think the longer you do this, though, the more you realize I'm not quitting. It, then it shifts gears a little bit more to how, how do you be more savvy with when I'm being attacked? How do you get in front of those attacks? And it's through what David's talking about is just constantly being in prayer, having people pray over you. Um, when you come in to serve, pray. Um, if you want to be the most effective version of yourself while you're serving, you need to pray it out. I mean, if I'm coming up here to serve food, I know it sounds funny because it's just a functional, I'm serving food. That's, that's a very big deal, and that can be a very spiritual activity or doing security it's not necessarily a spiritual ministry. I know it is, but they're not preaching the word. But um, if you approach it from a spiritual perspective, it can be bathed in prayer, right? So uh, this, I don't know if you got, if anybody's come up with something here. Uh, can you share a challenging time in ministry that you look back on and you saw the Lord? Now that you look back on it, you see how God grew you through that time. Anybody comfortable with sharing a, a story? Yeah, I mean, it was over 30 years ago, 30 or 40 years ago. Um, and it, it was uh, at that Believer's Chapel in Dallas. And one of the things I, I observed and was hearing, people loved the teaching but there were other things they did not like about the church, and so they'd leave. And it really troubled me because I saw it as a challenging time for, for that church body because some of those folks had the talents to rectify the issue if they sought in their own heart to serve selflessly, not selfishly, in that body. And that's, that per, that's where that perseverance came, uh, in my thinking, for myself, that, you know, I can either be part of the problem or part of the solution. I choose to be part of the solution. And so I'm going to stick it out. And for these areas that, yeah, I recognize there could be improvements, I'm going to see what I can do to be part of that solution. That's good, Bob. Anybody else? No? We'll move on. Bandwidth. It's in there. <laughs> uh, bandwidth. Uh, we talk a lot about that. Um, it's a word that we use a lot in our internal discussions. Um, how do we manage bandwidth? And so um, we've got paid staff up here. We have volunteer leaders up here. Um, David's full-time job is to preach and teach and bring the word, but he also volunteers. Parker has another job. Is it okay to say? Firefighter. Bob Reese has another job. He's re real estate mogul in East Texas. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm a territory manager. Ashley is a, was a student over here. Now she's a college student. And Josh has full time. He's like me. We, we're both uh, our sales guys uh, at a rep firm. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we, you know, there's a lot of you that do serve, but there's some of you that don't. And 
I'm sure some of you guys are like, man, what more do these people want from me? Like, I got kids going up, blah, blah, blah. I, I can't find an, a spare hour. And so I just think it's important real quick to talk about how do we do that? How do we find that spare hour of time or whatever it is to, to serve the, the local church? Can I read your original question? Sure. Okay. So uh, I'm going to speak into that, but just the, the original question is how did you manage your life slash serving balance, which is the same question that we have up here. Um, it, it can be pretty difficult. Uh, you know, you do have to like set expectations, um, which I kind of have to do you know, as a fireman, you know, tell my family like, Hey, once every third year, I'm not going to be there for Christmas. And you know, for those of you that know firemen and everything else, you just, that's, that's how it's going to be. And it's the same thing. And so there may be times where like, hey, man, I may not be able to be there for this Wednesday or I may not be able to be that within my family. Like, hey, there are going to be times where I have to do this. At the same time, I have to be able to tell you, hey, I need to be here for my family. And so being able to be upfront with all of that. But the reason why I wanted to go on, how do you manage your life slash serving balanced with where, like, where do you put your bandwidth and everything else? with service, like with an idea on, on service, it's, it's really easy to get stressed out and feel like you can't do it or not want to do it because you got kids, you got job, you got just all of life's problems. And now all of a sudden you're, you're taking other people's problems on them. You're adding extra work, you're adding extra responsibility, and it can be really, really difficult no matter what you're doing. I don't, I don't care what it is. And for me, when, when I'm feeling all of that pressure, all of my focus is on myself. And whether I'm doing a good thing or not, I become more self-serving and, and think about how hard everything else is. And, and so how do I manage the life slash serving balance? If, if, I'm, if I'm creating a balance here and, and Jesus isn't the pendulum or whatever it's called that, that is holding all of it up, and if, if my heart is not stirred towards him, and if, if, the, my, if, if my love isn't first towards him, then my love for my family and my love for the people that I'm ministering to or my love for the church is, is going to be off-kiltered, and it's going to focus towards me. And on top of that, I have a much harder time of living in the moment and, and being content with what I have, whether it's, you know, I only have five hours or less to create a lesson this week, but the Holy Spirit's going to use that. Or, you know, I have two hours here with my kids, and I haven't spent much time with them, you know, I won't be content with that. I won't be at peace if my focus is on myself or my life, whatever it is, outside of, of him. Anybody else? So in the past, not well. Um, still struggle with it. And we gave our marriage uh, testimony the other week, and Connie called these outside activities my mistresses. That's basically how she referred to them, and she wrote me letters to that effect. And I did read them. Um, and sometimes they made a huge impact. So what has helped is, is prioritizing personal relationship with the Lord, my family, and then serving others, not in perfection, but in unity of purpose. And that's where it has helped me a great deal with with these challenges and I say serving is not a solution um, to fundamentals that are out of balance so serving is not a solution to fundamentals in your life 
that are out of balance. So the fundamentals need to be first, not perfect. And there's a season, as was said here, but um, you know, serve when it's right, when you sense from prayer, the Holy Spirit's guidance that it's it's right for you. Good. So I'm going to wrap it up. We've got at our church, and I'm sure if you're not from this church, at, at your church, or uh, maybe there's a local ministry, uh, there's plenty of areas for you to serve. Um, we've got the security team. We have the, the kitchen on Wednesday nights uh, that needs, we definitely need workers in there. That's a, um, a huge ministry. Uh, we, on Wednesday nights, we get, uh, so, so the kids we have on Sunday mornings, almost a totally different group of kids than we get on Wednesday nights. With the, the members of our church, it's the same kids, but we get 50 or so kids outside of that from Wednesday night that are coming over here. A lot of those kids may not get to eat if they don't come here. And so we get to feed those kids, and we also get, get the opportunity to teach them about Christ. So that is a huge ministry that, to be honest, I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys, we need help in. Um, we do. We need bodies that are just people willing to say, yes, I'm here to serve. Let's come up here. Bob's got a ministry. He's overseeing uh, the security team. Um, Josh has the worship team. Parker has the student ministry that he's overseeing. We have media and tech. Sean's always looking for good help back there. Um, I'm parking. I'm sure I'm missing some things. But bottom line is, if you want to serve, um, let's, get, let's get you started. Um, and I am going to close this out in prayer. I think we've ran over a little bit, Josh, so we'll just, we'll just wrap it up. Guys, the, the, the point today was that if you're not serving, why not? I mean, hopefully that you can see right now that God, it is such a blessing to get to serve. And, and I think that's the attitude that we're trying to portray is it's, it's not about, oh, I just, oh, you guys want my time or anything like that. It's more about I get to serve the body. And by the way, God said that we're supposed to. So um, hopefully you've gained something out of this today. Um, I, uh, I pray that you'll have an awesome 2022. And um, David, would you uh, close us in prayer, please? Yes, Father, we, um, God, we thank you for the privilege and the honor to get to come together and to serve you. God, our prayer is that we will not be serving you out of selfish pride or to promote ourselves or even to promote our church. But God, I offer your glory. So God, help each of us to examine why we serve, where we serve, and where we need to be serving. God, we, our prayer is that you will give us the ability to recognize what you're doing in our lives, in our family, our community, in the greater world, and give us the capacity and the ability to join you in doing that. Scott, so as we move into this year, this next year, 2022, stir within our hearts our affection for you. God, just help us to see where we have disordered loves or we're loving maybe the right thing in the wrong order. And God, help us to put those things that we love in the right order. And God, we know that when we do that, that our schedule is going to work out. So, Lord, we pray for help with that, Lord, for overloaded schedules with the wrong things. So, God, we just pray that as we come into this new year, God, help us to love you supremely, to put you first, and not only just to, to, to talk about that, but to put that into action this coming year, oh God. 
So we thank you for another year, 2021. We thank you for bringing us through it, the good, the bad, the ups and downs. And God, we look to this next year and we know that there'll be the same thing. But God, our desires be closer to you. So through this week, God, stir in our heart. Show us where and how to serve, not just in a church, but our families and our community. We ask this all for your glory, for your kingdom. Amen.